0: Booth with Bryce Coon.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Crowded Booth podcast. Bryce Kuhn alongside Ralph Leary. Ralph, this is something we're not used to. We haven't done a Zoom podcast in quite a while for good reason. Last year yeah. we had some difficulties to say the least, but we're back at it. Uh, first off, Ralph, we were just around each other, and you said the words, holy cow, we have college football this weekend. We're going to preview one of the biggest games that we're going to have all season. But first off, what's it like just to have college football back?
0: I mean, the feeling around the Southeast, and obviously if you're not from the Southeast, you, you won't understand this feeling because college football is different down here. And I've been saying this all, a lot of people lately is down in the Southeast, it's college football, high school football, pro football. And it's, there's nothing to do with, you know, pro football at all. It's just that they take football seriously down here. And it starts mm-hmm. with college football and it ends with the college football. And, and once, you know, college football is over, you just sit there and waiting for next year. Is, is, is It ever? Is it, it? always comes back to next year. Like, oh, I can't wait for next season. Can't wait for next season. It's always that same thing every single year. And so we're finally back here. We had a little bit of preview last week in week zero. No SEC teams, though. But, mm-hmm. you know, this week a full slate of college football, and I saw a, it was a TV preview for all this weekend like, today to always uh, Monday. It's just college football all day. And it's like, that's just a beautiful sight right there.
1: It is, and we talk about, I mean, you and I both grew up, and I'm sure we had the same experience on Saturdays, where you get up, um, and college game, they used to just start at 10. Now they've, they've added an extra hour over the past, what, four or five years now, where it starts at 9 yeah. o'clock now. But, man, you would get up and you would go from 10 to 12. You'd watch Corso put on the headgear. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you. I mean, I'd be in front of my TV from 12 to from 10 a.m. when college game day started till 10, 30, 11 o'clock when the primetime game ended that. And then if my dad and I were interested in whatever Pac-12 after dark game was happening, we tune into that one. <laughs> we tune into that one. But, man, you hit the nail right on the head. College football has come back. Um, when you look and see, Ralph – Week zero, we got just a little taste. And I'll say this, for a week zero slate, uh, it's better than we've seen in recent years. Um, I remember sitting there watching, it was UAB Central Arkansas uh last year. It was like on a Wednesday or Thursday. It was like the first college football game of the season.
0: I think it was a Friday night. It might have been
1: a Friday night. It might have been a Friday night. Yeah. But, but anyways, you, you look yeah, at this yeah. slate, and obviously, man, week one has its matchups that we're going to talk about. I feel like for the rest of the season. Um, And that's one of the great things about week one, because like you said, you get those matchups on a Monday because it's Labor Day weekend. So you get the, that's, that's a great thing. Have yourself a fun time, be responsible on Saturday. Don't party too hard, but then you get to turn around, you get to watch college football. And then for you NFL fans, if you like us and Ralph and I's league, we're going to have our fantasy football draft some point this weekend. Mm -hmm. So we got to squeeze that in and then we have the NFL starting the next week. But Ralph, Um, I know we've got some big matchups to talk about. We're going to pick those games on thecreditbooth.com later on. Uh, That's going to come out on Thursday morning. This is being recorded on Wednesday night, Thursday morning on thecreditbooth.com. You can find those. If you hadn't already, go to thecreditbooth.com. Hey, sign up completely free. We've also got a great deal going. We're going to extend that through the Labor Day holiday. If I'm not mistaken, it's like what? a dollar for a month and it's almost 12 bucks for the year. I mean, that's, that's not a bad, bad deal. Ralph's got a lot of great high school coverage that we're working on. It's a ton of fun, but you make sure to shout, shout, shout us out on the crowded booth.com. as well. Make sure to follow us on social media. Hey, and our YouTube. We appreciate it. We've been doing some cool videos, some cool previews. We had one, three have dropped Georgia, Florida, and Auburn working on an Alabama one, want to try to get that one done, but we might have to get him during the middle of the season especially with some of the Crimson Tide's big games. But, Ralph, without further ado, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows who I am. We're not on camera, so this makes it a little bit more uh, relaxed here on a Wednesday sure. evening. Clemson, Georgia. When you saw this game, you know, three, four, five, whenever they scheduled this game, you knew then this was going to be a primetime matchup. A lot of times, Ralph, we see some of these big games and teams get put together and it's four or five years out, and maybe one team has a fall from grace. Most notably for me was the Alabama-Duke game that was put into play a couple seasons ago. Duke had a pretty good team, and obviously that's not long of the story. But this game right here is two programs who, whether you're a Georgia or Clemson fan, I think you have to admit, they're in that conversation of an annual national title contender as a program. Uh, Maybe that one year they don't have the roster construction to do it, but this is a program – both of these programs can do this. So, first off, I want to catch your attention to this last year we had no non conference games. What does it mean to have a full non conference slate and we get the big appetizer and the big five course meal this weekend headed up with Clemson, Georgia?
0: You know, it's, it's, it's good to see where you um, the teams that you want, like you'll see playoff teams every year. Mm-hmm. So, you got Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State are your normal three in the playoffs. So, you got Clemson and Georgia going against each other week one those are two playoffs teams this year that we're, were projected to go in the top four. Mm. So we see in week one, we know, you know, both teams are coming in fresh. Uh, injuries are very slim. Obviously you have a few practice injuries, uh, COVID, whatever comes out with that. Um, you're you're going to get a full slate. No one has film on really anyone yet because any elephants from last year or anything else. So you're going in, you got a new quarterback from Clemson this year mm. and you got a quarterback who played four games last year for Georgia. I'm right.
1: Last four games, yes, yes, last including games, the bowl game.
0: And you've got a – to me, you're looking almost the same offense, not with – you ex- excluding um pickings, really. Yeah. So, Clemson's looking at almost the same team from last year, but ten times better than they saw the first six games for Georgia. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they've taken that bigger step this year with having Daniels at quarterback to start the season off where a lot of people had that question last year, what was Georgia going to do at quarterback? They swapped between Mathis and Stetson a minute, and now they've settled on JT Daniels. He is the starting quarterback. They are 1,000% sure he'll be out there on Saturday night against Clemson.
1: Yeah, this game is in Charlotte, 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on ABC. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to have a fun slate leading up to the game, Ralph. Um, and I think, too, you talk about a neutral site. Obviously, Clemson, South Carolina is not too far of a drive from Charlotte, North Carolina. Neither is Athens, and Georgia fans travel well. So, it's. I'm expecting maybe a 50-50 split in what is going to be a true, uh, fun matchup to watch between both of these teams.
0: Can, we, can th- we just talk about one thing real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Georgia fans may be the best traveling fans in college football. Oh, I love it. And, and I mean that because if you just go back, what, three years ago when Georgia played at Vanderbilt, Obviously, Vanderbilt's not a very great team every year. Mm-hmm. But you're a home stadium. You should always dominate no matter where you, who you are. When you're getting beat and, and, you, this, and,
1: and just for the clarification of listeners, dominate in the attendance-wise, attendance, not, exactly. not on the field. Yeah, Oh, both ways. Yes.
0: Uh, you should. But in attendance especially. And you're getting beat 70% of your fan base being the away team and, mm-hmm. or 70% of the attendance being away team. That shows you how great of a fan base that Georgia really can be when they travel. So – Obviously, tickets are going to be split up down the middle more than likely for this game, but don't be surprised if you see more red and orange this weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be something that's going to be big time. Also, Ralph, there's on the recruiting side, you know, I've seen and heard a little bit, there's going to be some blue chip guys that are going to be in Charlotte. So that's going to be, And you think about these two teams geographically, before we really get into the game, geographically a lot of these teams are fighting over the same recruits. Um, so this game means a lot in that aspect too of it too. I want to start this off with this, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty. We may give a prediction at the end of the podcast. For you, Ralph, when you see this matchup, I've kind of flip-flopped on this a little bit. And so I'll give my take, and I'll throw it to you. Okay. A lot of people have come into this saying Clemson had more to lose if they lost this game than Georgia. And, and, and up until about Tuesday or Wednesday, or today, Wednesday of this week, I was, in the, I was in that boat. I was like, you know, Georgia has the schedule in front of them to get back. If they lose this game, Ralph, obviously they're going to have a date with an SEC title. Everyone's projecting that as Alabama this season. Mostly everybody would say 95%. Uh, you have the occasional person that's sprinkling in AM or if LSU goes off or something like that. But nevertheless, you'd look and see what Georgia has the schedule. They can get back. Most people feel like Clemson doesn't have necessarily the, uh, the oomph in the schedule, the firepower to get back. They might get beat out by another undefeated commerce champion. That's a conversation for another podcast. I've switched out and I'm flip-flopped on this a little bit because I like to think in the mindset of recruiting purposes. And what has Georgia done so well over the past five years, six years since Kirby got there? Recruit. They have people have labeled them the national championship of the 24 7 sports rankings or rivals rankings because year after year, they've done a great job recruiting. Well, it's one of these things. It's like selling cotton candy. Everybody loves cotton candy, Ralph. Everybody likes cotton candy. So what do they do? They sell these recruits cotton candy. But you know what? It never quite fills you up. What do they need? They need some meat and potatoes. And the meat and potatoes are those big-time wins. And Georgia doesn't have too many of those with the recruits that they have. Now, don't get me wrong. They beat Notre Dame twice, once on the road, referring to how they packed at a stadium. That was amazing up in South Bend. You know, they've, they've won some big time games, but you got to have a little bit more because you continue to bring in the athletes. But at some point, a recruiter is going to a recruit is going to want to see, OK, well, what are you doing with it? Because we know you're getting top three, top four, top five, maybe one, two. I think they've been the number one recruiting class two years in the Kirby Smart, maybe two or three seasons. Mm hmm. But I think I flip-flop because maybe Georgia has a little more to lose because they desperately need a big-time win. This is a Clemson program that's won, what, Ralph, two or three national titles in the past five or six seasons. Yeah. They've won the big games. They've done what they needed to do to get the playoff. I think it's, I don't think anyone should say that Georgia is on a downward slope. We can't discredit what Kirby Smart has done in Athens. It's been fantastic. They finished top five in the college football playoff rankings every year except for last season. So, and and that was with the quarterback situation that, you know, was just crazy. So that's kind of where I am. I've kind of flip flop. I think maybe Georgia has a little more to lose because they do need a big win to continue the trajectory of the program. Want to get your thoughts. It's okay. If you disagree, that's what makes it interesting. But I I just kind of thought of that recently. And I think that's why I flipped over. Maybe Georgia has a little bit more to lose.
0: Well, I think with Georgia's schedule, I think they have um, a little bit less. Obviously Mm -hmm. I do agree where you're coming from there. Um, but like you said, the scheduling with uh, how Clemson is this year, uh, if Clemson loses this game, you're sitting there with a one-loss Clemson team playing North Carolina and not until the uh, conference championship game. Yeah. So your whole schedule is really weak to, the, to that last game. And if you struggle in that conference championship game, you're probably not going to be put in as a one-loss ACC champion or a one-loss um, – even if they beat Georgia and lose to North Carolina, you're talking about a one-loss ACC runner-up. They're not throwing that yeah. team in there. So. For what Georgia can do, though, Georgia can lose game one and go and play the rest of the season, beat Auburn on the road, beat Florida neutral site, play a tough Kentucky and Missouri team this year. Obviously, people are overlooking them for the past, but both those teams will be really good this year. Um, I think you play Tennessee on the road this year, don't you? Yeah, you do.
1: Yes, and you're, just, and you're going to that game.
0: I, I'm going to that game. I'll be I uh, will <laughs> in attendance for my first Georgia-Tennessee game. I don't know how i feel about that one. Um, but – you play a tougher schedule obviously with teams that you face. Um, you can you can lose a game and obviously this is the one game you're really allowed to lose because um, an Auburn team that's coming off of a new or coming with a new coach, um, probably not the best team Auburn's had in the past few years. but this is a, this is the a, a Georgia team that right here, if you look on paper mm-hmm. is probably the best team in the SEC as of right now overall, yeah. I mean, obviously Alabama has their their five stars, but they have a new quarterback, new running back, new receivers, and a lot of new defensive players. So you're talking about a brand new Alabama team, and a new a Georgia team. We've seen now three is our third year. Probably seen most of these guys, mm-hmm. most of them. So Georgia has it on the on the uh, on paper. They have it. Clemson with a new quarterback. Like I said, that's what they could look at. They'll say Clemson lost game one by ten points to. Georgia, well, they had a new quarterback. They have a new receiver, new O-line, O-line's beat up. You know, Clemson can play around with that. So, Georgia, to me, can lose this game. Both teams can honestly lose this game. Yeah. I know that sounds really weird, but both teams are okay with losing them. I feel like with how they are every year, if Clemson just goes and dominates the rest of the schedule, they'll be put in with one loss. Same with Georgia. Georgia somehow dominates the whole entire season, and – somehow beats Alabama in the SEC championship or whoever else is in there. One lost Georgia team, one lost Georgia, one lost Clemson can both be in the playoffs in the season though.
1: Yeah. And I like what you said too. They can both lose this game. Now that's not suggesting they want to, we posted the clips no, exactly. on Palmer Toms's interview on our Instagram page. And we had a couple fans who um, were saying, you know, well, why would they, 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 we don't want to lose the game. That's not what we're saying. We're saying they can afford to. Exactly. And I think that's interesting too. Um, just to take a step in and realize both these programs are very talented. They both have recruiting edges in their respective states. Um, they both have recruiting edges, I would just say nationally with their with their brands. I mean these are yeah. two teams that are uh, separated by less than two and a half hours from Athens to Clemson. I mean this is a close proximity. Uh, Ralph, you have to go back to 2014 before these last these two teams last played uh, and what a game that was. I actually rewatched that one today. Todd Gurley, 200 was that, was that over 220 early? games r- rushing yards, Ralph. And he had the 100 yard kickoff return over 300 been, yards of total offense for just was that. Been,
0: was that Nick Chubb, um, rookie or freshman year? Where he t- we lost his shoe, the lost
1: his shoe. Yes, ah, yes, yes. God, that was Wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was that was that was actually Deshaun right. Watson's first ever collegiate game. So we're taking this way back. Uh, they played wow. the year before in 2013 in Clemson, South Carolina. The Tigers won that more. one. Um, that was a great game as well. But I think, uh, and that was the last year of Todd, the Taj Boyd, the Sammy Watkins, those were some really solid. What an solid, era, what an era that was. <laughs> to me, and don't want to get too off, much off track, yeah. Taj Boyd is one of the guys who did not get enough credit for setting the foundation at Clemson yeah, uh, for what they are today. I mean, he was a very talented quarterback. Anyways, let's dive a little bit more into this game, Ralph, and the story over the past week or two has been not who's playing, but rather who's not playing. <laughs> So, obviously, it's well-documented for Georgia what who's not playing. Eric Gilbert dealing with some personal issues. People have talked a lot about that, and I kind of hate that because, obviously, the guy has some things he needs to work through uh, with his family and other things like that, and you hate to see stuff like that. But, you know, you, just, you hope with the God-given talent that he has, he can, you know, get his mind right and play at some point. Darnell Washington, um, that's one that went, it went kind of one of those things day-to-day to, we don't really know, Tyke Smith, one of those guys that day-to-day to no one really kind of knows. But you flip over to Clemson. In the past 48 hours for the Clemson Tigers, they have seen one of their starting defensive tackles, Tyler Davis, that was listed. He's a junior now. And, Ralph, I'm looking right here. They have him projected at maybe a fourth, four- to six-round pick, so a solid NFL mm-hmm. prospect, not an elite one, a solid NFL prospect they have on their defensive line he's going through COVID protocol right now. He could miss this game. And as we know, it's, I think it's a seven to 10 day window that you could miss um, due to COVID if they have those same restrictions. Obviously, uh, Dabo Sweeney's keeping his cards close. Kirby Smart keeping his cards close to the chest. Ref, I want to ask you, we're going to talk about the center position. We're going to talk about some of these other things in a second, but do you like talking about more? Do you get caught up in the conversation of who's not playing, or do, would you just rather shift the focus now 48 to 72 hours away from game time of rather who's playing on the field?
0: Oh, it's always uh, who's playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can always talk about, well, if so and so play, or you know, Georgia's not going to be this person because this one's not playing. You, we don't know because they're not playing. Mm-hmm. So whoever is stepping in that position, that's who the focus is on. So you got to know what they're going to be able to do. Are they ready to do it, and can they do it properly?
1: Yeah, they have to be able to execute. And listen, the thing is, is that um, all of the, the both rosters have immense talent to be able to two step in and execute. Exactly. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but first, I want to roll into this. Obviously, um, the quarterback matchup is a thing that a lot of people are pointing to: the veteran and JT Daniels. Who it's interesting we call him a veteran. Really, he's only played a season in like four or five games uh, in his entire college career. It was one season three years ago at USC. And now JT Daniel's played in the last four ball games for Georgia. On this opposite side, and I'm gonna pronounce the name, DJ U Ungalele. Is that how you say it? I thought it was yeah. Ungalele. It's it's U Ungalele, and I know that Ralph, only because I watched a YouTube video on how to pronounce it a little bit earlier. But obviously these guys, these guys were high school rivals. We've talked about that. They had some duels in high school. Mm -hmm. For you, on paper, you have JT Daniels. You've seen him. Uma Angalele. We're just going to call him DJ now from now on. DJ had the come from behind win against Boston College and then the close overtime loss, I believe. It was overtime loss against Notre Dame. Double OT, it might have been, up in South Bend. For you, when you look at this quarterback matchup, we're going to dive into the weapons they have and everything. But just looking at the quarterbacks, who do you like better, and who just seems like they could elevate their play to win a big game like this in Week One?
0: Well, I think it's obvious to me. I mean, it's just JT Daniels. I think he's has more experience in the situation. Obviously, um, he's not really had a lot more, you know, gaming time experience. I feel like because just because how much he's played in his career. Um, but he's got the weapons around him that feel way more comfortable in that pocket. I mean, you got – I'm looking at the, look at the death chart. You got four running backs in Georgia mm-hmm. that can go play anywhere else in the country and be a starting running back. And it's crazy. I always say that every year, Georgia has the best running back room. Um, but you look at the team and it just, it just screams that this whole starting offense right here is just – they're going to help him out to make him feel comfortable back there. So he can – if he throws the ball downfield, those guys are going to go down and catch it for him. So I feel like Daniels is comfortable with those guys. He's played with them for four games already last year. Had a whole spring. You know, Daniels wasn't there last spring, was he?
1: Mm-hmm. No, no. He he uh, transferred in. I think it was early August.
0: Yeah. So he didn't have all that all that time to practice with these guys until you know fall and throwing and, and, uh,
1: COVID too. That's yeah, another and thing. And yeah.
0: throwing COVID, and then you know, all he had was his practice time during the middle of the season. So he's had a full all season, full spring, and a full fall camp to practice with these guys. So I feel like he's way more comfortable back there um they trust him back there in the pocket uh to make you know audibles and anything like that else i just feel like you know this is a game where jt daniels can really set himself as a you know a future nfl quarterback or as a or an elite college quarterback i know it was this his last year or you know he one more year actually doesn't he
1: technically yeah. he has two more years it's really two weird to see. yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah but so you know i feel like jt daniels has the upper hand just because of his playing time and the people around him. honestly
1: And listen, that's not to say that Clemson doesn't have a lot of playmakers. You and I were at dinner, and we talked about two of the local guys they have, E.J. Williams and Justin Ross coming back. I think everyone, even Georgia fans, maybe not, but everyone wants to see a talent like Justin Ross make his way back on the field, especially from the last time we saw him in that Alabama-Clemson National Championship game to now is just wild. It'd be wild to see that. Uh, Ralph, I think one thing we have to take a look at – it's most definitely important. We talked about we don't want to talk too much about who's not going to be there. But I think there's a lot of matchups that as a Clemson fan, you can walk away when you t- – and I love taking the game of football and you look at matchup to matchup. You know, maybe this offensive line versus defensive line. Maybe uh, Clemson's wideouts against the secondary. And I just said one right there in the Clemson's wideouts against the secondary. I think there's a lot of matchups that Clemson fans can look at and say, okay, I feel comfortable with that. And I want to get your opinion on this. You played offensive line in high school. You played a lot of positions. You kind of under, you understand what it takes to have that versatility. We see a lot of that at the college level now. A lot of guys playing a lot of different positions along the offensive line. But Clemson has himself in a situation where Davo Sweeney said this week he could be rotating two to three centers in the game. Now, I want to talk to you about that because you know how hard it is to play offensive line. The chemistry between the quarterback and the center has to be something that's a very tight bond. Oh, and then throw in the fact that you have Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Travon Walker, Adam Anderson, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, Nolan Smith, lining up in front of you while you're trying to do that. So walk me through, just from an offensive line standpoint, how tough is it as a quarterback and offensive line when you're rotating two to three guys at center? Oh, and one of those guys is going to be rotated at right guard. So that's two guys in your offensive line there's not a lot of continuity.
0: Well, first off, let me say one thing is that I didn't play collegiate football. So <laughs> I, I, I cannot ex- explain to you how that's going to be different for a college guy compared to a guy who played high school football only. Um, but one thing I did uh, learn growing up playing football is that a move from guard to center really is not a big deal. Now, obviously, if you can snap the ball and you can read a defense, a line, def- and linebackers, you'll be okay at center. Mm-hmm. obviously you had to match up in front of you but if you're playing in a d1 powerhouse school as a clemson there should not be a dean salami you should be afraid of honest honestly yeah that's because you're here you're in college they expect you to be uh be in front of block anyone i mean i've faced some very talented people in, my, in high school one's playing for georgia tech now mm-hmm. i didn't know who he was at first so you know that's what <laughs> we that quick, we
1: quickly learned though exactly
0: <laughs> but then you have guys uh, like Jordan Davis. He probably is, if you're looking at the defense tackles for Georgia, to me, he's the, the big standout. Obviously, there's other guys. Adam Anderson's obviously more of a defensive end the pass rusher, but Jordan Davis is your that guy right in front of you. That, that is going to be a problem. Yeah. Now, but you also, if you're moving, like I said, moving from guard to center, your blocking schemes are the same. You're double teaming with the guy next to you. As a different sort – of moving left tackle to right guard – that's a different change. You're moving mm-hmm. from more of an outside block, more of a you know guys who have more speed to guys. You're going from tackle the linebacker, tackle the linebacker every, every every play, and picking up blocks coming from a full speed linebacker coming at you. So and in center, if you can read the defense and you're calling out the blitzes, you're court, you're communicating with your quarterback well. That's a that's, that's a plus for uh, for Clemson because uh, DJ and whoever playing center time, if they're comfortable with each other. And they're rolling and getting good, picking up blocks together, and everything's working out perfectly. Then Clemson can do really well with this. So that's the one thing I really want to look look forward to this game is that Mm -hmm. which center can stand out the most for Clemson. Because if one guy struggles and the next guy struggles, you're sitting there where you're a third rolling in center, and it's third quarter and you're struggling still. Yeah. So you gotta find that guy early on, and, and it might be the first three guys we see three different centers for for Clemson. Honestly,
1: I think you bring up a great point. What you're talking about with this offensive line, the communication that you have to have along the offensive line, and you know we know, and we we've talked about this, returning guys on the offensive line is huge. Um, Georgia's going to be doing that. They're going to have a couple guys on the offensive line that they're going to return in Jamari Sawyer, Justin Schaefer, uh, Warren McClendon, Warren Erickson's working himself back to play that center position, and Tate Ratledge as well kind of maybe being placed in that right guard position. Offensive lines are going to be strength. Ralph, you've talked also, we talked about Jordan Davis, and I think anytime you talk about Jordan Davis, you've got to bring up uh, the (laughs) defensive line and Miles Murphy, Brian Brees, Tyler Davis, who might play. Uh, justin falser foster, foster uh, this this is a talented group that Clemson has both teams have talent on both sides of the football we've done we've we've uh we've dove in to a little bit of the uh, injuries the storylines heading into this game i want you to give me what has to happen in your opinion for either team to win we'll start off with Clemson and then i'll go and then we'll go into georgia for Clemson for you ralph what does Clemson have to do in order to win
0: for one, you need to slow down Georgia's offense. This th- th- we've always said Georgia's defense has been really elite every year, with um, you know just having a great run game, having um, or I, I'm sorry, their defense been so good because they've been great to stop the run, uh, had great secondaries every year. Um, but this year Georgia's offense is an elite. I mean, it <laughs> is one of the best offenses in the country. I feel like as we're uh, coming into 2021, um, you got to slow them down. If you can't slow them down, you're not only really outscoring, I feel like because Georgia's defense is still very good, and they can definitely stop you at one point. So you need to slow them down early on. If you get them, if you if they let, if they get a hot start going on in the first half, it is a hard team to beat. And As being that like growing up with an Auburn fan and watching Georgia play for the for as long as I have, and watching them get hot starts in the first half, I know for a fact that the second half is very rough. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, uh, for one thing, for Clemson to win. You need to figure out your offensive line. Now, we already talked about it a minute ago. If you can find your guy, those five guys up front that, that work well together and protect your quarterback well, then you can easily, you can make your plays. You can you can throw the ball downfield. You, you can do your you can have your game plan set up and run with it. Now, that being said, you make sure you you make those blocks because that defense is scary. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean Adam Anderson who has always been a third down third and long pass rusher is probably going to play more this year and that should show you that you should be very scared because that dude is very fast he's very talented and he will make a play in the backfield if you're not working, looking out for him now for Georgia
1: oh I'm going to go I'm going to go Clemson oh, you go? Oh, I'm right. going to and to say what you were saying about the defensive line uh, Azizo Jalari who is now in the NFL he placed uh, Adam Anderson at 10 sacks this year. Anderson had six and a half last season in a reduced role. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, i say 15. Crazy, I'm Going 15. I mean, if he I gets 15, he might be the number one outside linebacker taken in a draft.
0: I wouldn't – I mean, if, how much does he weigh? Is Like two sixty, uh, two seventy, maybe?
1: Let us well, let me get that real quick. How much does Adam Anderson weigh? Let's get – right no, Um, he shoot. is
0: – Well, I was off. 230.
1: 230. 6'5,
0: 230, okay. 230. If they put if they would have put like 20 more pounds on me, and he you're talking about a very <laughs> crazy looking player.
1: Well, to me, he reminds me body mold of a guy who's had a all the albeit and not a elite career in the NFL, but a solid one still playing Leonard Floyd. I was same build, saying, same bill.
0: Very, very similar player.
1: My big key for Clemson this game, I think they need to go back and I think that what they've been doing. I would have gone back if I was the coaching staff for Ralph and I would have watched the Georgia Mississippi State game from 2020. You know why? In that game, Georgia had 23 rushing attempts for eight yards. Wow. Good for 0.3 per carry. You got to make Georgia one dimensional. Now, in that game, there were 401 yards passing through the air. But you got to think Mississippi State, that was a game where they didn't have as many players. They had like 50 something players total on the roster mm-hmm. to the COVID. You think Columbus, or, um, Clemson's got a little bit better of a secondary. Making Georgia beat you with JT Daniels. To me, if JT Daniels comes out there and beats you, he's going to put on – and puts on a highest performance, throws for 350 or something like that, your clemson you just got to tip your cap and say, hey, maybe we get a shot at you in the playoffs. If you hold – but, but yeah. if you let Georgia run wild with their five backs that they have and even more at this point, which is just absolutely insane, that's going to yeah. spell trouble.
0: Yeah. You've four running backs and, and two receivers who can who can run jet sweeps. So. It's,
1: it's, it's wild. So, I think Clemson's going to have to make Georgia one-dimensional. And if JT Daniels rises to the occasion, you just tip your cap and say, hey, it's a heck of a performance by that kid. We're going to have to maybe face him in the playoffs. Now on Georgia's side, what do the Bulldogs have to do to come out on top on Saturday night in Charlotte?
0: I, I just, you know, live up to what the hype is for them right now. Mm. Um, you come out there and you do exactly what you're able to do what you're capable of doing. And to me, capable is beating everyone you face this year, going 12 and 0, winning the national championship. That's the capability for Georgia this year. Now I'm not saying they're going to win it. I'm saying this mm-hmm. team and this roster, this coaching staff and the, the depth they had this year is it's already set up to a, this could be the year that we see Georgia yeah. win it. And to me, it's just one simple thing. It's just live up to the hype. You have the quarterback, you have your running backs. You have great receivers. You have a veteran defense. And You have a, one of the best coaching stats in football. I mean, Kirby Smart has brought in some great people in there to help out coach. You got Will Muschamp on the defense of a analyst for you. Yeah. That shows you some. If, if Will Muschamp is an analyst, then you're doing something correct up there. So.
1: Yeah, and then he obviously, with the um, loss of Scott Cochran due to family issues and personal issues, Will Muschamp was elevated to an on-the-field coach. Okay. And to me, that is huge to have him on the field. It's not like he's just sitting in a booth. He's going to be on the field in that role. If if you love college
0: football and you love watching coaches react on the sideline, watch when Nick <laughs> Saban and Will Muschamp were LSU together.
1: Because yes.
0: those two are getting fired up on the sidelines. And if Muschamp's on the sideline, he is going to be – Fired other animal on So, just one thing for Georgia, live up to the hype. Mm. Y'all have the depth. You have the talent. You definitely have the plays, and you have the capability of winning it all. Go out there and do your job, and they win this game.
1: You had two for Clemson and one for Georgia. Um, I had one for Clemson. I'm going to go two for Georgia here. Okay. Um, kind of like what you said, execute. Yeah. They have all the talent in the world. Go out there, execute. Um, and the second one is defensively, they're going to have to wreak havoc. And what I mean by that I like is that. I, I think I like this that. is an opportunity with an offensive line. To me, like I said earlier, there's a lot of things for Clemson. When you're a Clemson fan, you can say, I like that matchup. But the big one is offensive line. And to me, Ralph, that's the most important one. If mm-hmm. DJ does not have enough time and he's got Adam Anderson coming from his left and Nolan Smith coming from right and then Jordan Davis pl- clogging up the middle, that's tough, and, and it's going to be tough to him to get the ball out of those playmakers. If Georgia can win the turnover battle, wreak some havoc, and that takes a little bit of pressure off a secondary that I think Ralph might be a little bit better than people have given it credit for all the summer. They're young. They used to have some inexperience, but they're talented. We could see them maybe make a big play um, somewhere. And you know Darion Kendrick, the Clemson transfer, who's now playing for Georgia. He's going to line up at one of the cornerback spots. He's relishing this opportunity as well. So we'll get into this. We're, the article is going to come out so people will already have known because this is coming out on Friday. For you, give me your prediction, final score, when the dust settles and Charlotte on Saturday night.
0: Uh, well, I think if you would have asked this question a week ago, I would have said Clemson. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's a blowout. I don't think it's like the 20, what, fifteen game. Was the last day player 2014?
1: 2015. I think it was 45 to 21. I think yeah. Georgia. No it's not that, that
0: score this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think it is Nick any,
1: Chubb's in Cleveland. They don't have to worry about yeah, that.
0: Or about Nick <laughs> Chubb anymore. <You> We're <laughs> about uh,
1: Gurley or girly, Michelle.
0: Yeah. You are not worry about any of that. So uh, this is a high scoring offense as uh, with Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, very high scoring offense in Clemson. I'm going to go 45 42 Georgia. Ooh. And I had a different score last week because um, I did not know about the – they didn't have the offensive line issues at first. And I felt like it would be a very low-scoring game because both teams' defenses could step up. And now I know it's a little different now. So, this could be a high-scoring game, but it's very – I don't see it being a blowout. If it's a blowout, it's because Georgia does the one thing I told them to do, live up to the hype. That's the only reason they can win this game big.
1: (laughs) You know, I think – I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go with this because the offenses are very good, and I think both of these offenses can hang 40-plus on the board on a regular basis. Agreed. Um, but I do believe that in Charlotte on Saturday night, I think as we see often, the offenses are going to come out a little bit sluggish. I'm going to go a little bit lower. Okay. I'm going to final score Georgia 31, Clemson 27, a late touchdown from Georgia. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for JT Daniels to submit his status in the Heisman race with a big week one. He leads a game-winning drive. Um, I'd like to see that. But like I said, Ralph, we both said this. We've flip-flopped on this game. It's going to be a great football game, and I think it could go either way. Those scores that we both gave, you gave 45-42. I gave 31-27 Georgia. We both gave Georgia the win. Um, I think you could see both of these teams still in the college football playoffs somehow.
0: You could flip those scores around. You could. It would be the same thing. I mean, it, it wouldn't. it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. I think Georgia's gonna have a little bit more success on the ground. And I think mm-hmm. Clemson may have a little bit more success on the air, but I'm I'm going right here. I think um DJ is gonna throw U Ungalele is gonna throw just a key interception, and it's gonna be one of those things that in three years, when DJ's holding up a national championship trophy for the Clemson Tigers, it's gonna be something he looks back on from the growth. Instead, JT Daniels is going to be the quarterback that comes out on top. But listen, man, welcome to the 2021 college football season. It's what we've all been waiting for. And, Ralph, as we close it out, I want to get some final thoughts. I don't think we're going to be disappointed with this weekend's games.
0: No. I mean, it's it's college football. You have a lot of primetime matches. And, you, you know, hey, if you love just football in general, there's always other games to watch besides the primetime matches too.
1: Mm -hmm. There sure is. I think you're going to have one on ESPN Plus somewhere as the uh, Southern Jaguars. Is that the name? Versus your Troy Trojans. We'll be uh, be tuning in. Ralph, we appreciate having you on. We're going to do it again next week. We're going to take a look at some of the other bigger games. Uh, We're going to be back live. Hey, we got a computer. I got a computer, Ralph, that works. Uh, We're going to be pumped about that. A working computer. We'll be back Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern live to recap all of this. Going to be a ton of fun. I cannot wait and we're going to be talking about it Ralph. I'm pretty sure leading up to that old Miss Louisville matchup on Monday night. So we might have to get a little live reaction to that little game Monday as well. Night Monday night college football. Well Monday night college ball. We appreciate it. This has been the Crowd of Booth podcast edition. Check us out on YouTube for some of the videos. This one is airing on Anchor, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's where you can get subscribe, leave us a five-star review, leave us a review of a one star if you want to. I wouldn't like it and make me tear Ralph may go cry in his bed if you leave him with one star. I might hunt you
0: down. I so. might hunt
1: you down. But, hey, we encourage you to share with us as well. Uh, you can follow Ralph at what is it, Ralph? Ralph Leary. Is that all? Yes, it is sir. on Twitter. And then yeah, Bryce gonna... underscore Coon. No record Ralph. That's only on the Instagram. Don't we bother. appreciate everyone tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Have a fantastic college football weekend. And make sure to check us out on social media and at the Thanks for listening. If you'd like this episode and want to hear more, make sure to catch us on Apple Podcasts and Anchor. Subscribe, set up those alerts, so when a new podcast drops every single Friday, you can be the first to know. Also, make sure to follow us on all social media at The Crowded Booth. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, make sure to follow our YouTube page, The Crowded Booth. Subscribe, set up those post notifications as we go live every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Last but not least, sign up for our free newsletter. Yes, completely free at thecrowdedbooth.com today as we give you the latest sports news happening around the Chattahoochee Valley area, regional and national stories. Have a fantastic day.